Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's down to the wire in more ways than one for our top netballers. With the domestic final this weekend and looming selection for the World Cup, so who could be the surprise in the squad? The Highlanders need some luck to make it through to the Super Rugby playoffs. Why being bored on a flight translated into a renewed push for success for motocross uber champ Courtney Duncan. And the debate rages, is eSport even a sport? We ask one of the country's top gamers if it deserves to be at the Olympics. Kia ora, I'm Zoe George and this is the Podium, sports news but not as you know it from Stuff. The ANZ Premiership final is here following a nail-biting one-point elimination final between the Stars and the Pulse last weekend in Porirua. This week it's the Stars versus the Mystics and it's the first time two Auckland teams will play in the final. But they're playing in Hamilton. Why is that, former Silver Fern turned Sky commentator Courtney Tidy? I know, it's a little bit crazy, isn't it? Uh, I spoke to Maya Wilson yesterday and she said... Apart from the Magic being in the grand final, this is probably best case scenario that two teams from Auckland, can their whanos can just drive down uh, the motorway. But unfortunately, I do believe that there wasn't another stadium available unless we went to like Palmerston North. So, I mean, I think if you consider that, it probably is best that it is Hamilton. Oh, well, hopefully. Either way, it's going to be a great game. All right, who are going to be the game makers for this final? Well, for me, it really is and this is going to be a little bit crazy, but the wing defences. So when you think about both teams and you think about the Mystics, Petra Tuiava and her connection to Grace, she is the main feeder. She can turn, and I was watching their game back, from the time Petra gets that centre pass, the Mystics can score in five seconds, which is just crazy. So for me, it's who's going to shut her down from the Stars. It has to be the wing defence. And then on the flip side of that, you've got Gina Crampton for the Stars. She's playing wing attack. She is the main feeder in the whole ANZ Premiership. I think she's 50 feeds above every other player in the whole championship. So Michaela Sokolich beats, and I believe she'll play wing defence against her. She will have a big task in shutting down Gina Crampton. All right, this is the final head out for the players before Silver Fern selections. Will there be any surprise selections for you? Oh, that's a tough one. I think what we are all interested in, again, is the midcourt because... Gina Crampton, she's won a World Cup before. She's like your grinder. She's solid. She's true. But then you've got a Petatuiava. So do you take two specialist wing attacks? I think you can. Talking to Storm Purvis yesterday, she was saying, do you take five midcourt? I was thinking, five? What do you need five for? So for me, it's will Petatuiava be there and that connection between her and Grace? Because we saw it in the Constellation Cup last year that they know how to beat Australia. So for me... I'm putting Petter in my team. All right, scoreline for this weekend's ANZ Premiership <laughs> final. What's it going to be? Who's your pick? Okay, this is a tough one. I th- I'm going to go with the Mystics by five. Oh, by five in a yes, final. That's I quite know. a gap. <laughs> it is, it is. Well, that's what happened two weeks ago, and I think – the only time the Stars beat the Mystics this year was about back in round eight. But the Mystics, they were they didn't have um, – they had players out. Sulu wasn't there. I don't think Michaela Sokolich beats them was there. So 
I think they can do it. Plus, it's Salou Fitzpatrick's last game in the ANZ Premiership, so a lot for her team to get up for. Mm. Oh, well, the Courtney Tidy, lovely chatting. Thank you so much. It's crunch time for the Highlanders in the final Super Rugby Pacific round as they face the Blues in Auckland this week. If they lose, they're out of the playoffs. If they win, they need a few more results to go their way, but anything is possible. Jonah Nariki has spent most of the last two seasons on the sideline battling injuries, but the winger has made it back on the park the last few weeks in an impactful way. And no doubt he'll be looking to replicate magic this week. Kia ora, Jonah. Hello. Can the Highlanders do it this week? Oh, definitely, definitely. Be looking forward to an upset this week, everyone. So uh, make sure you get down to Eden Park and uh, watch this spectacular game that we're going to put out. An upset at Eden Park. I mean, the Blues at home are going to be tough. They're, I think they're second on the table behind the Chiefs. Oh, it's going to be a hard one. Yeah, it ain't going to be easy, but um, I, back, I back our team and what we have um, built this season. What do you think will give the Highlanders the edge this week? I think there's a few things that will get us the edge... Um, Probably touching on um, a few boys as last season for the club is probably going to um, impact the team probably the most. Um, just trying to get them, give them the best uh, farewell we can do as a team. So um, that's probably the, the one thing that we want to get out of it. And now, so the last sort of couple of years have been really tough. You've had ACL and foot injuries one after another after another. How do you stay mentally motivated while working through those injuries? I mean, there must be times where you've gone do you know what I'm out I'm done <laughs> oh 100% there's been a lot of uh, I wouldn't say a lot of times um, it's been quite good the fit well when I did my ACL I kind of um, felt like I needed to grow my upper body I was, I was a bit small I am still small but um, yeah just just time where I could just gain a bit of weight um, not need to worry about um, losing it when I'm running, so uh, that was probably one thing that I wanted to get into is uh, kind of bodybuilding in a way, or well, not bodybuilding, but kind of get, get get a bit bigger. Um, and then I also just picked up on uh, a new hobby of mine, which was uh, fishing. Everyone hears about it, so I can't really talk about it too much um, on this potty. So uh, we'll, we'll stick to just uh, bodybuilding in the gym. All right, this weekend, Blues versus Highlanders. What's the score going to be? It'll be a tough one, and it'll either be whoever, it'll be us by maybe three or seven. It will be exciting saying that. So many people have said Super Rugby's boring, but I imagine you don't feel that way. Oh, no way. I don't, I don't, I don't, it doesn't feel like that when I'm playing, to be honest. There's that many banter getting thrown at me that uh, I feel like uh, I'm, I'm playing the crowd more than I'm playing the, the opposite team. Crowds make a difference, don't they? Oh, they do. Um, yeah, it's... it's I don't. I don't think um, fans um, realize how much they impact us when we play, and um, how they, especially down here in Dunedin, um, the stadium works out well. It's it's closed, and you can hear everything like uh, kids chipping away on the sideline. Like you've still got two more tries left, Jonah, and I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> like, oh, no pressure. <laughs> Well, no pressure this weekend uh, against the Blues. We wish you all the very best. It's going to be an incredibly exciting game at what is a wonderful stadium, Eden Park. Uh, Lovely chatting with you, Jonah. No, lovely chatting with you too. Thank you, Zoe. 
Well, speaking of the Highlanders, our next guest changed her flights so she could be back in New Zealand to support her favourite team for their final home game in Dunedin last weekend. Courtney Duncan, three-time motocross world champion, has been off busy breaking records in France and Spain, and last week she became the most decorated Grand Prix rider, claiming her 22nd victory. The 27-year-old is back home now, but she's not taking her hand off the throttle. Kia ora, Courtney. Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. Did you really change your flight so you could be back to watch the Highlanders? That's commitment. That is commitment, eh? I, um, yeah, I was booked to stay in LA for the week, actually, and, and catch up with um, some people over there. But, yeah, it was the Landers' last home game. And probably more so for Nug's home, last game as well, I think. Um, obviously, I don't need to say too much. The guy's a legend, so it was cool to kind of be there to farewell him and... Um, yeah, I'm stoked that I was able to make it back for it. Yeah, Nugs is Aaron Smith, for those who may not know his nickname. He was on the show a few weeks back, and you can listen to his interview with us in our archives. Uh, and so you're back home now, 22 Grand Prix victories. That is absolutely incredible. The most decorated female rider of all time. What does that feel like? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, it's something that I haven't really thought too much about in the years prior, and it wasn't until the last race of the season last year in Turkey, and um, I was just uh, – I was bored on my flight, actually, and I was like, I wonder how many GPs I've won and how many I've raced and how many win race wins I have. So I was doing all these kind of notes and stuff and just collecting info, and I'm like, actually, like, I wonder what the record is, and I knew I was only a few away from it, and then I forgot about it this year, and then it wasn't until the commentator said, like, I'm one win away, and I was like, all right, I got to finish this off and um, get the win before I can come home. (laughs) Yeah, so you've had a fantastic run the last month or so. You were in Spain, and then you were in France, and now you're back home. So what does the next sort of few weeks, few months look like for you? Yeah, it's been a really good start to the season for sure. Like you say, you know, with the wins in Spain and then the wins in France, um, I couldn't really ask for a better start to the season. But um, yeah, not not laying low, that's for sure. Got to keep the guard up. I'm only home for about a month. Um, I've decided to actually head back to Europe earlier. Going to do a boot camp in the sand in Holland as the next round is in the sand. And, and we know that that's not my strength. Um, I need to do a bit of work there and but yeah, it's good to be back and uh, it's a bit cold, but other than that, it's good. <laughs> just just a little bit cold. Uh, you know, you've had this incredible career, but it has been quite patchy with how many times have you done your knee or broken your collarbone or dislocated a finger? Like, how do you just keep on the bike and keep focused? As a racer, you're kind of always going to have some sort of niggle and some sort of injury that you're going to kind of pick yourself back up from. And um, yeah, I guess I'm just used to it. I've been doing it for a long time and yeah. Um, yeah, thankfully I've been relatively healthy this year and, and plan to be for the rest of this, the season. So, um, yeah, no, it's good. Um, I've had a really good uh, start to the season, like I say, and really enjoying my racing. I don't think I've enjoyed it this much in a long time. So, yeah, that always helps. Why are you enjoying yourself so much this year? I'm enjoying it more this year. I think, honestly, just because I've had a lot of consistency on the bike. Um, I had a really good build-up in New Zealand, and, and I really haven't taken any time off. Um, just been building hours and and getting a really good base and yeah I've just been riding with confidence because I've got so many hours and when I'm riding with confidence it's when I'm riding at my best so um, yeah when I'm when I'm in that phase I'm definitely um, having a lot of fun out there. Yeah riding with confidence and that's something that we actually spoke to Scott Dixon about last week and we spoke to Hayden Patton and we asked them the same question so I've got to ask you this do you are you ever close to pooping yourself when it all kind of goes belly up? (laughs) 
<laughs> no, no, I can't say I've ever been close to that. <laughs> well, hopefully some of your winning ways can rub off on the Highlanders this week. Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm gunning for them. Um, I actually saw quite a few of them today. So, um, yeah, I'll have to give them the hard word at the end of the week and tell them that, yeah, they better win or they're not allowed to come home. <laughs> Courtney Duncan, lovely chatting. Awesome. Good to chat to you too. Here's what else is making headlines. The Maroons have gone 1-0 up after a 26-18 win over the Blues in the state of origin last night. Game 2 is on June 21st. Eighth-ranked Warriors are back at home again this weekend against the sixth-place Dolphins, Saturday 5pm. And it's so long. Farewell, Alfita Zen. Goodbye to Ted Lasso after the final of the third season aired on Apple TV last night. Oh, I was so gutted. But you can relive all the Ted Lasso glory in episode 52 of the Podium podcast featuring interviews with Wonder Kid, Nate Shelley, Richmond FC's star striker Jamie Tart and Danny Rojas, Footballer's Life. But if you're still after a football fix, don't forget the Football World Cup on home soil starts in 40-something days. Ah, can't wait. Do you love sitting in a stadium surrounded by fans cheering on their favourite athletes? Well, now's your chance to get amongst the excitement of eSport. Yes, you heard me right. And did you know that eSport will be an exhibition sport at next year's Paris Olympics? That's right, it's an Olympic sport. Some of the world's best e-athletes are in Auckland this long weekend at the Armageddon Expo showing off their skills in League of Legends and Valiant tournaments. Among them is Kiwi professional athlete turned commentator and coach Ari Green-Young, a.k.a. Shock. Kia ora, Shock. Welcome to the podium. Hello, thank you for having me. Is e-sport really a sport? Oh, it's a controversial question. I get asked all the time. I would say it is a sport, but I think it's very different from physical sports. So, you know, when people always have that conversation about, you know, should esports be at the Olympics and stuff, I I would kind of say no, but I don't think it's because it's not a sport. I think it's just a very different kind of sport. Mm, I saw a documentary about esport recently, I think it was on Netflix, about the amount of time and training, the fact that you yeah. actually do have to be physically fit, like you have to sleep properly, you've got to eat properly, you've got to stay hydrated. There's a lot of stuff that goes into preparing to be a professional e-athlete. Yeah, definitely. I think the... The time is the one that kind of people know about, like the natural part of the fact that you don't really get tired per se. You know, it's not like physically demanding exactly means that you can spend more time, you know, practicing or, um, you know, studying or, or whatever makes it so that there are long hours required. And then I think just naturally, if you do want to be like high performance at anything, you kind of have to take care of your body, right? Like it's just one of those things that you sort of it, it like makes you play better and you can't really ignore it. For someone who's never experienced a live eSport event, can you give us a quick 101? What can we expect? Honestly, I think you can expect a lot of the stuff you see from kind of normal sports events. Like the crowd is normally like very lively and a lot of them are actually like real nice to talk to. People will explain the game to you if you ask. I'm sure they'll be more than happy to talk your ear off with how it works. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's really fun. It's a good community experience. And I think as with any live event, just like being there and watching it, even if you don't exactly know how the game works, it's, it's just fun, like being there. How, could, how did you figure out that you were, you know, professional level? Did it just kind of, you just spent lots of hours playing and then one day you went, actually, I'm actually quite good at this? Um, well, 
in in like most games they have like a, a ladder system in the game that kind of tells you like your rank relative to everyone else on the server or everyone else that's like playing the game in your region so as i like got better at the game like my rank went higher and higher and eventually it kind of got to the point where like i always kind of wanted i guess to be a professional player but it was more like a dream for a lot of the time you know and then as i got a higher and higher rank and i like started to know more and more people it was like you know i could really do this if i just like get a little bit further and then yeah eventually i got there how do you break the news to your parents that you want to play video games professionally oh not easily to be honest not easily uh i think one thing that really helped legitimize it for for my parents was that there was a live event that i played at and that i think really turned things around before that it was definitely like uh sure you know you can be whatever you want to be but you're going to uni right like that sort of thing and i was like yeah like yeah um but eventually like it was the back then it was the nzgc which was like new zealand championships for league i think that was 2016 and so we got to play that and the live event was how at mota actually and there was like a decent crowd and that was my first time playing on stage and it was also the first time like my parents came to an event and i think that really turned around for me yeah can you make a living off being a professional esport player yeah definitely i think there's like now more than ever there's like a lot of different avenues for how you can actually like make money as like an esports professional but i think like there's definitely no doubt that for people under like the premier league sort of thing it, I, it would be quite hard to do full-time like you probably would have to do something part-time but if you do make it into like the top league within your region there's a pretty good chance you can do it full-time well i look forward to hopefully listening to you commentate this weekend and hopefully you'll get lots of good crowds cheering on the teams uh, at the esports tournaments at this weekend's armageddon uh, shock ari lovely to talk with you you too of course thank you again for having me and that's the podium i'm Zoe George and on behalf of our guests this week producer John O'Williams and sound engineer Connor Scott thanks for listening do you think esports a real sport and belongs in the Olympics tell us at the podium at stuff.co.nz until next Thursday no go well It appeared that a vehicle may have gone over the 80-meter cliff into the sea. There have been no bodies found despite considerable debris being washed ashore 9 years ago a man named John Beckenridge abducted his stepson, Mike Zhao Beckenridge. Soon afterwards, they vanished. Now, a new investigation is trying to find out what happened to them. This is The Lost Boy. Listen on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.